0: If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet are of the utmost concern. But there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author, Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here's your host, Brian Bailey.
1: All right, welcome everyone. We are here we're live and I am so looking forward to today uh, last couple of episodes we talked about canine nutrition and I'm going to admit that is not my strong suit not neither is human nutrition <laughs> 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 and so i'm I hope we put out some really good information in those two episodes well, I learned a lot so. yeah even I did doing the research on it but now I'm ready to go. And today, guys, uh, we got a little bit of a different format. We've had a lot of people writing in questions uh, and they keep asking, Brian, are you going to answer them? When, when are you going to answer them? I keep saying, well, after nutrition, after shock callers, after this, after that. Well, today we're going to answer them. Today is the day. Yeah. And they also sent in a couple of topics that are pretty hot out there right now. And they want us to make some comments on it because you guys know one thing, one thing for sure. No BS on this radio show. I can't stand that. So speaking of that, let's just go ahead and get right into the uh. very first topic. <laughs> hey,
2: PayPal. Oh, this is a thing.
1: Yeah. Pay PayPal, pay buddy, whatever. I got a gripe with you. So if you're listening, here's my gripe. Anna Badiol. What is cannabidiol? Do you guys even know what cannabidiol is? Because cannabidiol is one of the active ingredients in marijuana. Oh, good God, taboo. Like that plant just started growing yesterday, (laughs) and we don't know anything about it. But it is the active ingredient in hemp, in marijuana, but it's not, it is not the tetrahydrocannabinol. It's not that. That is the one that will make you see the purple elephants or whatever. It is the other active ingredient that will send you to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. in a very mellow state. <laughs> so, therefore, we use cannabidiol. Is, uh, we use it here uh, with the dogs that we treat for pharmacotherapy.
2: We've been using it for a while.
1: Oh, well over with two and a half years. Success, yes. That's when it's been out. That's when it was formulated for dogs to meet that metabolism that dogs have, 101.5 to about 103 degrees. Uh, Cannabidiol, uh, in many cases, will help some dogs, not all dogs. It's not strong enough for a lot of conditions that dogs have. Some dogs are so severely afraid of unfamiliar humans, unfamiliar dogs, thunderstorms, tight spaces like human beings, you name it. And they, their condition is so severe that they need the help of benzodiazepines, antidepressants, agonists, you name it. But there are some who have just minor issues, not real major, that they need something to just take the edge off. And cannabidiol is that neat little tool that you can use to trap them in the middle of their arousal column. Mammals have basically three emotional states. They have a calm zone. I'm calm. Take back. Kind of like today. Take it a little different format. Anyone live? I'm leaning back today. I extended my mic out here. I'm going to kick back a little bit here as I put this out so I don't go to my reactive zone. So, I'm <laughs> trying to these, force. Some of these stories make me want to go.
3: <laughs> yeah, there. amen. Sure. So, I'm
1: doing my best to manage my emotions yeah. so I stay in the middle of the arousal calm. But we have the calm zone. We have the arousal zone. And we have the reactive zone. And as you start to climb up that arousal column, your heart rate will increase tremendously along with your oxygen, your respiration, so on and so forth. And next thing you know, we got glucose being secreted. And we're trying to deal with an issue that we, which we consider needs fight or flight. Therefore, CBD can trap a lot of mammals, including humans, in the middle of that arousal column. It's
2: and the same for humans and dogs, it right They It is. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. In other words, if you were afraid of something and you would normally panic without the use of cannabidiol, CBD, now under the influence, under the proper dosage, with the proper timing, because it only has about a half-life, a seven-hour half-life. So that's really good for about five hours, honestly. That's your wheelhouse. Under that influence, you're now going, uh, okay, normally I would run. I would be panicking right now, but and I'm trying, but give me a second. <laughs> I need just another second. Let me work this up a little bit here. I'm try- I'm working on it. In other words, like the old saying, you're get up and go, got up and went. You're just, your response timing is much slower, but you're very cognizant of what's going on. You know, and humans have been anesthetizing themselves for for eons, whether it be through alcohol, beer, through wine, through liquor, even through the use of some marijuana. It's what you have to do when you live with billions of other inhabitants on the planet earth who have an attitude like this. You just, I'm thinking right now, I wish I had taken a little CBD myself, but anyway, it's a neat tool to use. And it serves an incredible purpose for both human and dogs. But PayPal has deemed (laughs) and has stated that CBD is not widely accepted. And because they're a public traded company, Therefore, opinion matters. Thank you, Matt from PayPal, because I asked him directly, what is the issue? So now they're not allowing people to use PayPal to pay for any CBD, whether it be the oil, whether it be treats for their dog,
3: whatever. I have two perspectives on this on this issue because you know the first perspective, I go right up into that that reactive call, <laughs> that reactive zone. I get furious because it's just a lack of education. There's nothing that kind of really upsets me more than ignorance, just pure ignorance. But then I deal with my clients every single day who ask about CBD or or they see the CBD in in our store and they go, you guys give your dog marijuana? And, you know, it's all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess it's not as widely understood as I thought it was. So I have to sometimes shift my perspective here, but at the same
1: time, good gosh. Yeah. It's uh, how many times do you not see a human being on a smartphone? Okay. The information about CBD is all over that there. there. So educate yourself. So if you haven't done that, let me educate you. Cannabidiol is the non intoxicating part of the hemp plant which is produced from the flower leaves and stalk and the sativa seed oil which are taken from the seeds of the hemp plant that's all it is it's one of the active ingredients it's the non-hallucinating active ingredient and tom adam tom adams the managing director of bds analytics which has been tracking this budding Sector, this new growth uh, will tell you just last year in 2018, nearly $9 billion in sales of CBD. And he estimates that by the year 2021, what's that, two years from now, Mm -hmm. do some quick math, $21 billion. So here's the deal PayPal it may not be widely accepted but it is being widely bought (laughs)
2: purchased. Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, So again, I, I'm not you and you have every right to do whatever you want to do, but here's what one of your rights and one of your uh, obligations you have. Be transparent. Tell the truth because you cannot lean on the fact that it is not widely accepted. In fact, Since 2014, pro hemp legislation has received increasingly, increasingly bipartisan support, culminating with the Hemp Farming Act of 2018, of 2018, which would remove industrial hemp from its current listing as a schedule one drug and allow hemp to be treated like any other agricultural commodity. So there you go. Uh, In order for cannabis to be considered hemp, it must contain less than 0.3% of the THC, which means you're not going, you you may try, you may try to take a lot of CBD and you think, well, maybe 0.3 plus 0.3 plus (laughs) 0.3 equals 0.9, whatever. And maybe I will get something from it. Well, I got news for you. No. The majority of Americans support some form of legislation of marijuana and more than half the states have legalized it in some form or another. Now, this is the fact. So, again, I'm not saying marijuana. We don't use marijuana with dogs and we shouldn't use it as with a human being unless you have medical reasons for doing so. Other than that, though, CBD is a tool that allows us to use to trap a dog in the arousal column, which means I am concerned. I am concerned about this possible threat. And I can work with concern. You can learn from concern. You cannot learn when you're panicking. If you get anywhere near that reactive zone, fight or flight, your whole world becomes hyper-focused. The camera lens of life and reality comes down to one tiny little dot. Surviving the encounter. So you're sitting there going, It's okay, it's okay. They're not hearing you. You're saying, Sit, lay down, stay, knock it off. They're not hearing you. They're not. It is like trying to teach Hamlet to a man drowning in a pool. You would first have to pull him to the side, allowing him to gather his wit and his wind. And when he's done so sufficiently, he'll be far more receptive to learning about any value that Shakespeare's Hamlet would have. So guys, uh, that's just a little beef. I think more than anything is because it's no big deal. You know, hey, PayPal, you've been in business for a while. There's MasterCard, there's Visa, there's American Express.
2: Well, I don't know that you actually told them what they're doing to us, to our store. We offer people the opportunity to pay for their purchases with PayPal. And because we have CBD for sale in our store, PayPal has yanked our account. Yeah. They won't let anybody use our PayPal account yeah. to pay for purchases. There you go.
1: And I have many clients in pharmacotherapy in which we have to deal with mental disorders that dogs suffer from, and they're in other states. Yeah, It's not easy for them just to drive here. But they trust us, and they trust how much we recommend, what dosage, and so on and so forth. We guide them in that. And there's nothing worse than, hey, I want to use PayPal to buy this CBD, but I can't. And it's not just us. When I did my research, it's everyone. That's their opinion. It's not widely accepted enough for us to allow you to use us to buy it. Uh, But again, just do your homework. But here's the deal. You know, they've done their homework. This is kind of like, and I'm not going to go down that train to parks. That would be a whole show. But it's kind of like, you can buy beer at noon on Sunday. All righty then. So up until 1159 a.m., my character is going to change a whole lot in one minute. <laughs> yes. Yeah, my judgment, my ability to say how much I can have and how much I can have is all going to change in one minute. So is my faith. You just stock up the night before. There you (laughs) go. So anyway, let's don't go down that road. We'll (laughs) save that for another day because that would be a very long discussion there. But it just falls in those lines. Hey, guys, if you run a big business out there, you have the obligation to be transparent with the people that you, you offer your services to. Just do so. Tell the truth and let people make an educated decision. But just to shut them off cold? No way. Don't do that. Well,
2: we allowed ourselves to be out of the PayPal account, yeah. I guess you say, because we draw a line in the sand. We're not going to cross it.
1: No. No, we are not going to do that. We'll just assume to make sure that they use some other form yep. of payment. Yep. We're not going to do that. We're not going to bend.
2: No. And I think PayPal expected us to bend. the yeah. The message that we received was pull the products from your store and you can have your account back. Nothing yep. else.
1: And uh, it's a good thing that you weren't on a camera because I would be giving you a signal (laughs) with a hand. And that's my attitude. Yeah. So, therefore, I hope you, if you own dogs out there, I hope that's your attitude as well because one day you may need to use CBD with your dogs. What the heck? Ours even use it to go to the groomer.
2: Absolutely, they get they have a they, far better yes, experience. Yes,
1: uh, when our dog goes to the veterinarian, Captain, he's definitely on CBD. And he has a far better experience, and because we've been doing that, now all of a sudden, my memory, my molecular memory of going to the vet, is a good experience, which well, I guarantee you the next time we take him, I won't have to have him on CBD.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, not even that. Now, now think about the. The reaction from your
3: vets and your groomers when you bring your dogs in, it's just an overall more positive experience for your dog because they're not all anxious about handling them. Yeah. Oh, geez. Better I hope experience
2: our, for everyone.
1: Yeah. I hope our groomer's not listening because <laughs> she's like, Miss Kira, they love me now. The rats, they love me. And we we we're getting along now. They allow me to give them a better cut. And I'm going, don't say a word. Don't see a thing. <laughs> just let her believe that. It's all good. A little love mixed in with a little CBD. <laughs> and we are in like when. <laughs>
2: Miss Ebony loves the rats. Oh, she does love counts. the rats. Yep. And
1: that's great. So guys, uh, if you want to know more about CBD, just write me a question. Send it in here uh, right now while the show is running. Brian with a Y at uh And just let us know what you think about it as well. Okay, the next little thing I want to get on to, because we got a lot of questions to answer this week, but I want to pose something out there, and I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but I want you to think about it, because I do want to address this in a later episode. We're seeing a lot of issues here, because again, when I deal with dogs who are suffering from mental disorders, I'm going to be honest with you, for whatever reason, I'm not throwing any blame in any direction, but most of them come from rescues. They just do. Shelters are rescues someone probably said, what the heck is wrong with this dog? Oh my gosh. I tried training. I Mm -hmm. tried this. I tried that. Nothing worked. Boom, kick it to the curb. Yep. I just got to get this thing out of my life. Uh, But one thing I want to put out there is something I've seen lately. I'm going to ask you rescues because I love what you do. Know that we support so much of what you do, but I want you to ask yourself a question. Are your good intentions more than what your wallet can bear? Because we are starting to see that.
2: Well, we had a huge issue just, what, last week with a a rescue group that was bringing in German shepherds. And these German shepherds, they were just in horrible, horrible, horrible conditions. And um, they had to go pull them all out. 40, 40 of them. German Shepherds yeah. are at the Memphis Animal Shelter yeah. right now.
1: Guys, you know, I, I understand what you're trying to do. But did you know that we just talked about it? Malnourishment. What does that do to the brain? Mm-hmm. If you put them in tight spaces, if you force them to be in close quarters with what that dog perceives, it, your perception doesn't matter. If this dog perceives that the dog right across the way from it in that other cage, is trying to kill it why do you think the quality of life of that animal is at that moment if I was dealing with a minor issue some sort of genetic fault now placing the dog in that environment now just made it it pushed it into the abyss mm-hmm. and now what we may have been able to use CBD now we're using alprazolam, Gabapentin Trazodone, Clonidine lane, you name it. We're using hard medications, doing the best that we can. So, guys, I love what you do, but make sure you ask yourself, do you have the capability? Can you pay for the staff that it takes to give good quality care to an animal? Do you have that? Can you afford good nutrition? Otherwise, you hear the old saying, the highway to hell was paved with great intentions. Yeah, yeah. So be careful out there, guys. I'm seeing more and more of this.
2: And it's so time-consuming. Taking care of animals is so time-consuming. So I, I wonder how many of the rescues think it's just like a part-time job or a hobby or something like that, get into it, and then they realize, oh my gosh, I've got, you now I have 15 dogs in here, I have 20 dogs in here. It takes me all day to take care of them properly, and they just decide not to not to do it right.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that I've talked to a few about it and it is the shelters are full. Yeah. Our shelters are overflowing at, you know, at the brim there. Mm-hmm. They can't take care of the dogs. Dogs are being euthanized at an incredible rate right now. And therefore it's putting pressure on those people who want to save the dogs. They are taking in more than what they used to take in They They just feel the pressure.
2: Yeah, but I, I just want you to understand, that, yeah.
1: I get that, and but let's talk about it, you know, at some point. Can we, How? what is a solution for this? And I don't have that for you today on this radio show. That's something that's going to require a lot of thought, a lot of management, a lot of education, a lot of awareness brought to this problem. That's part of just talking about it on the radio show, just bringing that awareness to it, because uh, I'm seeing more and more of it. Just make sure, if you're going to rescue a dog, make sure that's what you're doing. You're rescuing it. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're not bringing it into a living hell. And I think that's probably
3: what I'm losing my patience with more than anything is the good intentions, but you end up doing more bad. Um, I'm I won't name the shelter, but we dealt with the shelter here a while back, and we helped them with a dog that they really were looking for some help with because they really wanted to get the dog adopted. I gave the director very specific instructions on how to keep this dog in a state of mind in which that it wasn't going to act out that way again because the issue that it was dealing with was in a kennel. Um, And you put the dog in a crate, done. It was done. There's no issue whatsoever. The dog was just as happy as could be going in and out of that crate. They, They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to put up the the time or the effort to just put the dog into a crate and that dog is no longer with us today because they they weren't willing to do that. So it's just, now you you think you know what's better. You think you know what's right because you have good intentions. You have a big heart. You have a great stomach for it because that's my issue is I don't have the stomach for shelter work. I don't. I have the heart for it. I don't have the the stomach for it. So I appreciate everything
1: that everybody does. But you you have to use your brain every once in a while. Well, you have to make the effort To educate yourself. And we've talked about this in previous episodes and we'll continue to hammer it. The information available to most dog owners, which means you're a rescue, most rescue people own multiple dogs, so they fall in that category of dog owner. The information available to them today is horrible. It is horrible. It is opinion. It is gospel. It is not based on science. And uh, I, I beat it to death. These research papers that come out, oh, my God, give me the first two paragraphs and how many holes will be left. This thing will look like Swiss cheese. Enough is enough. No one's putting the money into it. I don't know what they're putting it into. Maybe they're putting it into more better smartphones or computers or whatever. But, guys, if we want to save our dogs, we have to understand what they are What they are, not what you are. We have to take things from their perspective, not your perspective. And not what you want them to be. Indeed. You can't force it. You can't relive your life or old buster who passed away three years ago through the lives of the three dogs you brought in. You don't really get to decide exactly who is the best adopter. You can do a little bit of homework, but what qualifies you to say, Hey, I've got an apartment and I really want to get this dog. And I realize that it's a vishla and it needs a lot of activity, but I also run marathons every weekend. Oh no, you can't have it because you don't have a yard. Okay.
2: Crap. No sense. BS. Yeah.
1: Okay. So enough of that. I just want to bring it to your awareness. Hey, anyone running a rescue, if you're part of a rescue, love what you do. I've said that enough, Uh, but just please make sure you have the right education. Make sure you have the right resources to house animals correctly in a way that they don't feel fearful of the other occupants of that house. They're not having to have competitive aggression, self-defense aggression. They're not staying there so long. Now they feel like they own the place and any new dog comes in and gets treated like any new dog in anyone else's household. Now the rescue becomes the invincible center. And you step in here just where I get fed, I'm going to kill you it guys now we just pushed them into the abyss. so again rescue please do that all right so speaking of that last topic we're going to talk about and we're going to hop into questions is oh my god oh oh dear dear lord um this one is about (laughs) animal rights here we go will it never end is there nothing that we can do um put them in a rescue maybe and (laughs) all of a sudden it was 40 German shepherds and three humans turned into the shelter. Yeah. Yeah. Good God. Animal rights means no dogs and no cats. Ah, Kira, you brought this thing to my attention. I did. Why did you have to do this? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs)
2: But this article is kind of making its way around the internet and Facebook and things like that. And it caught my attention. So I read it and I was just horrified by the whole thing. Um, just cannot even imagine why someone would say that the best thing for the animals is that they are not domesticated anymore.
1: Yeah, so the synopsis behind this article, and this was an article by Wesley J. Smith, Uh, he talks about how the animal rights activists, or actually he calls them zealots, uh, accurate description there. Uh, Let me define them first so you understand. Animal welfare is the humane Treatment of animals. And that's what we were talking about with the rescues. Right. Animal welfare. Animal rights is different. The goal of animal rights is to end all animal domestication, including depriving us of our beloved dogs, cats, and other pets. That's what it's for. And no more breeding. And no more nothing. I mean, it is uh, so they say, oh, okay, we have to, you know, when we talk about animal rights, we're talking about primarily about one right, the right to not be property. Uh, And the reason for this is that if animals matter morally, if animals are not just a thing, they cannot be property. If they are property, they can only be things. Well, okay. If you have a dog and you love your dog, uh, most of us have dogs because we want one. And there's an underlying need For many people, even though they don't have a disability, but I just need a little support. I need something that doesn't talk back to me. I need something that looks at me with these adoring eyes, even though I don't deserve it. It's we need companionship. So I have, have, have we gone so far in that they no longer provide us and that doesn't matter. The support that they provide for us. The companionship, that doesn't matter.
2: And what about what they get from us? Because yeah. I know my rats are happy. They are happy sitting on the couch beside me every single night.
1: Yeah. And one of the biggest spokespersons for this movement is a gentleman by the name of Gary Francione. Gary Francione is a law professor at Rutgers School of Law, and he's known for his animal rights uh, activate, uh He's been an advocate for animal rights for, God, what, about three or four decades now. And he's the first to teach it in law school. Uh, so this guy's a, a big spokesperson. Most animal rights groups will not go so far as to say you cannot have a dog or a cat as a pet because that would interfere with their ability, fundraising, fundraising their, their public image among dog and cat lovers.
2: PETA. Yeah. PETA claims to be animal rights organization so they should yeah. be believing in the same thing but they yeah. just don't declare it
1: they just don't declare boldly right. like mr francione does he declares it boldly he doesn't mind going out there on that limb and stating that well here's my problem with this whole article so it goes on and on and says we shouldn't domesticate dogs anymore cats we shouldn't have any pets ever again take care of the ones you have but don't do it anymore now, if you're going to tell me that, okay, I'll listen. I'll listen. You know, I'll listen to you say, you know, we have an obligation not to bring more animals into existence, but I need a little bit more as to why. Why do we need to not do that? Uh, we need to also make sure that animals understand what they are. Do they realize their property? Do they? Do we have dog attorneys out there yet? Have they come about just yet? Thank goodness not Do yet. we have anyone... Doing this, making like, have we had dogs walk, do strikes, (laughs) hunger strikes or whatever? Meaning, let's just look at it from a real view, taking it all in. What is a dog, a domesticated wolf, a social predator, an animal that if we didn't feed it, would have to go find food to stay alive?
2: My rats would last never week.
1: live. No, they would not. They would be food for other yes, dogs would. trying to find something to live. <laughs> they, <laughs> they may kill a dog by getting stuck in her throat, but either way, they're going to be food. They're going to be in the bottom of that food chain. Uh, so again, tell me why, be more specific. Why do you feel like this? And what is better yet? What is your your research behind it? What supports this belief? And then lastly... Tell me how to fix it. Tell me actually how to put this to implement this. Because just telling people you can no longer breed, oh, that's not going to get it done. Uh, How many dogs get kicked to the curb every single day? You're just trying to start start something. You're not. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. What is your goal with this? Yeah. Where are you going with it? You know, again, pick battles big enough to matter, small enough to win. This thing is not winnable. You're not going to win it. So therefore, why don't we put our energy into something that is actually needed, not just to bring hate and discontent and discord get and everybody all upset, get everyone all upset and yeah. worried that, that some, some governor, congressman, representative, president or whatever would be insane enough to say he's right because they're, they're not.
3: And
2: what about people with service dogs? What would happen to them? really rely on them.
3: Amen. And does the contract that we had with dogs way back when, where we said, hey, you don't bite me, I'll feed you. You never have to hunt again. Does that mean nothing? Did the dog not make that decision to give up its way of life at some point? I mean, that
1: we had to domesticate the wolf in yeah. some way. Well, there's it, real science. You, We have all sorts of equipment and ways to measure stress level in animals. We have ways to measure brain activity, right hemisphere, left hemisphere. We have the ability from a scientific level to understand, are you stressed or are you not? Are you fearful or are you a human emotion, happy. Which one are you? The dogs can't speak for themselves. So we can only go by science. You don't get to park what you think your dog is thinking about in their head. You don't get to do that without evidence. You have to have evidence. So again, enough of this article because I don't want to give this guy any more time than than what I've already given him. The article is baseless in this attempt to just create terror is all it is it's like a terrorist type move I'm just gonna put that out there. I just don't appreciate that you don't want to upset people like this and I know some crazy dog owners I actually kind of wonder if this guy
3: is, is safe and sound because yeah I know some crazy yeah animals.
1: well anyway he, he refers to dogs as chattel slavery give me a break that's going a step too far we're not going to talk about that anymore so let's move on so we have questions guys questions. Uh, just now that we got that off our chest there, I want to just put it out there so we can you know, you can gather up your own support. You can fight stuff like that. Hey, let's figure out what to do with the pets that are still around and the ones that we do get to keep. So we've had a lot of people send in a lot of questions to us. And this is one that has come in many times. Guys, I don't think we go an entire week without having to address this particular concern or question. And this question comes in and it was asked, Hey, Brian, my dog just nipped a jogger. Should I be concerned? What's a nip? Yeah. Well, (laughs) let me just clarify a few things real quickly. A nip is a bite. Teeth on skin equals bite. Yes, it is a bite. (laughs) So anytime we have something like this occurring, we do need to be concerned. Because NIPs have a history of escalating into full-on bikes, into full-on attacks, which can then lead to full-on permanent disabilities, to full-on fatalities. We cannot ignore it. When an animal puts its teeth on you, whether it just be my incisors, maybe not my canines or my premolars or my molars, it doesn't matter. If I put my teeth on you, I am doing so with the full intent of influencing your behavior. I'm using that as a powerful haptic signal. So yes, you should be concerned because a nip is a bite. And we need in the first step in figuring out what do we do about that? What if I what I do if I have a dog that nips is recognizing that fact that it is a bite and also don't make excuses for it. Yeah, stop. Just be it real. Off. You know, like the old saying goes, which devil is worse, the one you know or the one you don't know? It's a bite. Now that we got across that, it is a bite. Let's talk about it because now don't follow up with, well, it didn't break the skin. Okay, well, maybe it didn't break the skin because the person was wearing a denim jacket. Maybe it was only a nip because they're, they are a world-class sprinter and they outran your dog's full-on bite. Uh, I've had people say, "Well, my dog didn't mean the nip. The jogger went running by and his hand brushed my dog's mouth."
2: That really, really was something. Okay, somebody then I then I have you. to look at
1: them with this little look that goes,
2: "Are you who
1: are you talking to? Do you have even a clue?" Did you really just try to run that by me? Oh, my gosh. That's coming so from the, anybody else. I wouldn't believe The, the it. issue with any problem is, first of all, let's make sure we understand what the problem is, that it is a problem. By you coming to that understanding is the very first step in arriving at a solution. Right. Okay. So, yes, you should be concerned. A nip, whether it didn't break the skin or not, You should be concerned. And you need to take into consideration, why would a dog nip someone? A, I'm nipping you to influence your behavior. Why would I do that? It's only going to be for one of three reasons. Either competitive. There's something that I want. I think you want it too, but I want it more than you. But then again, maybe you want it more than me. So therefore, you're an opponent at this moment. You're a competitor. And I'm going to make sure that you don't get what I want or I will keep what I already have. You, human, just took on the form of an opponent. So that's one. The other one is territory. Uh, get out of my yard. Get away from the pantry that holds my food. Get off of my sofa in my house. All of these can range from competitive to territorial. It just depends on at the moment. Was the food actually out or is it an area? And lastly, self-defense. And that's when it happens most often. Self-defense. There's two zones around every mammal. There's a threat zone and a critical zone. The threat zone is when the mammal sees something and the amygdala immediately sends an alert and goes, hmm, do you know what that is? No? Oh, well, we're going to have to go ahead and place that in a threat category for right now. And as the thing approaches and we start to see it more, maybe it's a high threat, a medium threat, or a low-value threat. Either way, we're already chatting to the hypothalamus who's already chatting to the autonomic nervous system, who is already chatting to your adrenal glands, who's getting ready to secrete glucose and a whole bunch of other things, ready for fight or fight. Because if that thing keeps getting close to me, it will now enter a whole new zone called the critical zone. And And if you happen to be on a leash, well, flight's not the option anymore. And how many dogs do you know that those zones
3: don't really have a huge effect if somebody's walking up to the dog just to pet them or just kind of hanging out in that zone? The dog doesn't get super nippy or anything like that. But then back to the example of the jogger, Well, who, why else would this person be running very fast towards me and running by me into my zone very quickly out of nowhere? So, you have to look at the perspective of the dog of why that's taking place because I get that a lot. Well, my dog is
1: nice to everybody, but then all of a sudden, the jogger, they want to nip? Yeah. If you guys, if you have a dog that's nipped someone recently, send it in to us. Uh, Of course, we're going to ask you a whole bunch of questions because we need to know the whole story. But yes, to answer your question, you should be concerned because- the issue with nipping is it's not given the weight that it needs to have. Most people are not concerned because they go, oh, it was only a nip. The dog didn't mean to bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the other person's fault. Mm-hmm. It was this. It was that. Recognize the fact. No, it was a bite. It just happened to be a little bite. But how maybe many, that's just because the opportunity didn't wasn't
3: afforded to it. And how many cases do we deal with that it? It resulted in a terrible bite. And then after they come and seek our help, we find out that there was four or five
1: nips before that. Don't yes. wait for yeah. that.
3: Big. They didn't Don't. qualify yeah. as real
2: bites yeah. at that point. Amen.
0: Don't. So just
1: be honest with yourself. And if you have a hard time determining was that nip really a bite and you're just you just can't believe it, contact me. I'll let you know.
2: Well, and doesn't it grow from there too? After the first bite, yep. they get success. Yes. The genie's out of the bottle. Yep. Wow, that worked. H- hence why so. the
1: title of the book uh, is The Hammer, Why Dogs Attack Us and How to Prevent It. It's a metaphor The aggression is a tool. It's used to influence the behaviors of others. No dog bites the postman the first time. I Means the first time I ever encountered one. It is one of those where I see someone approaching the house in a uniform, And I go, woof, as a young dog. And they leave. I go, dang, (laughs) that worked. (laughs) (laughs) I had to remember that. And they show up again, and I go, woof, And I add a growl to it, because why? You're back. I could have sworn I told you to leave (laughs) and stay away, but you're back. So I need to up the ante. And, of course, a year goes by. I've grown from a young mammal to an adult mammal. I'm fully capable of creating havoc and damage and I will use my power, my strength and my speed and now I hit the door like a freight train and unfortunately the latch wasn't secure it and I now things. have unfettered access yep. to the postman. So again, it oh, does same, grow.
3: Same thing with the jogger. I nipped the jogger. Where does the jogger go away? It yeah. keeps jogging. And probably <laughs> yeah, a little faster yeah, than what it yeah, was a second ago. Right.
1: All right. Let's jump on to the next question. My dog barks at anything and everything. How do I stop it? Okay, again, not to get too deep in this question, there's many reasons why we bark. Everything that a dog does, if it's directed towards another living thing, it is designed to influence the behavior of that thing. So barking can have many reasons. A, I want to make the squirrel come closer. I don't want it to run up the tree. I want to drive the people away that are now walking on the sidewalk in front of the house. I want to make the postman go away. I'm barking because I hear a dog five houses away from us barking, but you human, you don't hear it. And I'm just chatting back. It's communication. I'm trying to communicate. So number one, uh, what I would advise that you do is A, establish a signal of your own that says, hey, appreciate it. Thanks for letting me know we have someone approaching the house. But you can be quiet now because I've gone through my own IFF, identification friend or foe, and I've been able to discern that that would be a friend coming to my house. Uh, so we use the word quiet. I've had people use hush. I've had people say, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little long for a signal, but you might graduate. And that, in other words, you go from a nip to a bite yourself. But definitely come up with a signal that entrained the dog that when I hear this, I need to respond to that signal. No different than hear sit. And I put my butt on the ground. So you train it. You train the dog to do that. And I would start, uh, I would suggest that you just start on a long line, probably about eight feet, 10 foot long line. The dog's barking. Hey, quiet. Just give a little tug on that line. It's kind of like tapping on someone's shoulder. Hey, I got this thing. I got it. Stand down. I'll take care of it. Uh, And then you can start to build in filters. Well, we own the dog, he has since passed from this world. But, if he ever growled, or if he even went, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt there was someone flat up against the side of your home. That was guaranteed. Guaranteed. Yep, heard that on a Sunday morning walking through the house, and I went, "Oh, this is early." I was what? I don't see a car in my driveway, and come to find out there was some guy sitting on our back deck. Yeah, reminiscing. He said he used to live there a long time ago and he just thought he'd come on over and open up the gate, come in the backyard and just reminisce about the old days of living in that house. It was quite strange. It was very (laughs) strange. But anyway, uh, but we had built filters into that dog to serve that very purpose. Don't bark. Don't wolf unless there's someone right here at my house. You guys decide that. But another thing that can be happening is your dog could be so anxious, so nervous about the world. It just cries out all the time. Kind of like you walking on eggshells. Someone touch you, and go,
2: "ike," and I jump three feet in the air. If that's the case, there are going to be other signs mm-hmm. of anxiety, Yes, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I'll uh, I'll post on our website, tamingthewild.com, under the radio show page. I will post what we call the nonspecific signs of anxiety because you never have one-dimensional. If you have a dog wa- barking at anything and everything because of anxiety, because I'm fearful, you have more than one, one behavioral response or an outward sign that the animal gives. So, again, we'll we'll go over that. But me, I'm going to teach the word quiet, and I'm going to just assume that the way this question was asked, that's more of a nuisance behavior, and we're going to turn it on and turn it off. And I tell you what, dogs don't repeat what they don't have success with. Humans are known to carry around two suitcases, winnings and losings. They don't. So, therefore, if I bark at the dog that's barking five houses down and I get corrected for that over and over and over again consistently, the dog says, uh, okay, note to self, let's don't bark at that. Yeah. However, I did notice that I got a big old pet when the pizza dude came up. Yeah, man, way to go. Way to bark and let me know someone was at the door. I don't want my pieces to get cold. They're, they are very smart animals. If you give them a comparison to draw from, they'll make that comparison. Don't draw from it.
2: And a remote collar is a wonderful tool Amen for teaching quiet. It is I mean, our go-to tool for teaching yes.
1: quiet. Why? Because you can be upstairs in your home office. So many people work from home nowadays, yeah. but the dog is downstairs barking. Okay, unless you have a 100-foot line running from your office down the stairs, (laughs) around the corner to the dog, you can yank it till you're jumping 10 feet in the air and and still, just the law of physics, that dog would never feel anything. So the remote caller is a haptic signal that you can send the dog. And again, how high, how much of that signal, your dog will teach you. Mm -hmm. I start low. Did I get anything from that? No, he's still barking. Let's try a next level. Let's try another level. And then finally, oh, I'm good. Sweet. That was it. That worked. So note to self, to myself, whatever level that is, let me write it down on my little pad here. For quiet, we need this level because my dog Fido trained me. And guys, you're off and running. Another one that came in. How are therapy dogs able to help people suffering from serious illnesses, phobias, depression, anxiety, and stress? Kira, take it away because you just wrote a little blog about this. You wrote an article on this and we kind of talked about it. Okay, so I'm getting that look like, remind me here. So, okay, so I'll chip in and I'll, Thanks, I'll save you a little that. bit. Uh, no, no. I didn't mean to throw you underneath the bus. Hey, this is a radio show. We got dog owners listening to us. They they, <laughs> they get it. We are we're cool. We're relaxed here, but we do shoot it to you straight. So here it comes. Here's how it works. When dogs, when we stare into the eyes of dogs, Ones that we deem as nice, not the eyes of a dog growling at you, but a, a young puppy, a young dog or an older dog that is sweet. And hopefully, that is what a therapy dog is. It's not one of <laughs> the mean ones growling at you. Yeah. So when we stare into their eyes, something happens to us. We are suddenly, our brains, from this looking and longing into those eyes, throws a switch. And now we start to manufacture and secrete more oxytocin, which is a neuropeptide that's been associated with attachment and bonding. So next thing you know, the animal that was introduced into your hospital room or wherever you are, even if you're just a college kid getting ready for exams, you're all stressed out over it, whatever the reason, this animal comes into your realm. You look at it and you go, oh, what a cool dog. How sweet. I love this dog. Wow, where'd you get this dog? And right then your brain's going, care for it. Attached to it. to some other thing. Just like start, looking at an infant. Even you fathers, even the father wolf takes care of his cubs. This is what social predators do. They all chip in and help out. So you're looking at this animal and suddenly the thing that was coming in the room to save you, you don't even realize it. Then now your brain is saying, hey, you need to save it. And therefore, it takes your inward focus. Oh, my gosh, my exams and I'm hurt and I have this and I have that. And now you put it outward into the animal. Cool, huh? It is cool. It's yep. just way cool. Isn't, isn't nature cool? I swear, if we were just to get off our stinking phones and sit back and just watch what Happens. Watch how she moves at her pace, how she does things. It's incredible. But that's how it gets done, guys. I mean, These animals walk in and you can't help it. I swear that's why people end up adopting dogs they shouldn't adopt because they already have too many because they can't say no.
3: It's not an accident. There's a dog mom movement right now because it's not an accident. They call themselves
1: dog mom because it kind of gives them that same sensation Mm. as looking at a child. It it does welcome to the brain. Their brain will secrete the chemicals that will now influence your behavior because there's nothing more powerful than that we must take care of our offspring. There is no duty. There's nothing to be feared worse on this planet than a mother taking care of her children or trying to protect her children. Mm. It is incredible. And this is how it works from a scientific level.
2: It works just like that. And just as a reminder, you're talking about therapy dogs as opposed to service dogs. A lot yes. of people get those two mixed up.
1: Yes, a therapy dog is there to give you therapy. So, they're there for therapy reasons. A service dog is there to serve you. Now, they're not chattel slavery. (laughs) They are there. You serve them. They serve you. You provide for them. Mankind, the reason why wolves turned into dogs was, and this is the one area that no one will argue. There's a lot of theory because there's just not a lot of evidence How did this come into being and about exactly what time period did it occur and exactly where did it occur? But there's some things we don't argue. And one of those is we found a way to be mutually beneficial to one another. That was decided for whatever reason. I decided I kind of need you and want you around me. And you kind of decided, you know, I kind of need you and want you around me. Dude, did you know that following these furless bipeds, they leave a lot of waste? Mm-hmm. So it's like going through a drive-through window as a wolf. Yeah, there's no danger here. I don't have to hunt this big thing, I don't have to burn a tremendous amount of calories. They, 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 Mr. Francione, determined that there was an incredible benefit to living with furless bipeds. And they discovered that long before you were brought into this world. <laughs> And they'll keep discovering it long after you leave it. It's a mutual benefit, not a cost, a benefit. So again, therapy dogs are there to give benefit to people who need therapy for whatever reason. And it just happens that your own brain wants to give care and provide safety, and security, and just to care for the animal. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, that's still cured anything. Focus outward. Put your energy and your things out there because then you don't have time inward. Isn't, didn't they always say that idleness is the devil's workshop? Yes. It is. Yep. It gives you time to reflect and think about yourself. All right, we have just four minutes left. So, guys, if you're out there driving or listening to the show, we've got one more question we're going to try and answer as quickly as I can. I hope I can do it in four minutes, but I think I can get through it. Uh, the next one I came in Brian, my dog constantly, all night long, whines and paces. What can I do to make her stop? Well, the first thing I'm going to do is tell you to go to our website, tamingthewild.com, and go to the blog page and read the blog titled Watchful Walter. That is a sign like Watchful Walter. He was a dog who paced all night long. This gentleman and his wife, his wife was deathly ill. She had terminal cancer. And they acquired this dog because the dog provided therapy to her. And they, they credit this dog with her actually living many years longer than what was originally predicted when she was diagnosed. So she turned her, all of her energy outward into the dog and therefore lived, and it helped her. It didn't help her all the way. She, she ended up, she did die. But she had many wonderful years before she passed. Well, the problem is when she passed, something happened to Walter. We don't know. Maybe it's her passing. This was something that was already growing, but it could have taken that event to trigger it. But nevertheless, one of the signs of what's called a generalized Anxiety disorder is hyper vigilance, almost to a state of being paranoid. And watchful Walter would pace all night long, peering out the windows. And his owner, John, said, Brian, he's an old man from Scotland, so I do my best to imitate him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he said, Brian, I cannot sleep. I cannot get any sleep at all. All night long, all I hear is click, 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 across the front. Click, 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 there's nails across the blood. All night long, he pokes his nose at the blind, he goes, woof, 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 and he goes to the next one, and he goes, click, 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 woof, 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 and I cannot sleep. What shall I do? Well, this was an animal that was suffering from, indeed, from a generalized anxiety disorder. And any time I hear this, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that that is what we're dealing with. So what was necessary for that dog was a combination of medications to facilitate the behavioral change, to convince Watchful Walter that there were no monsters in the dark shadows out there. It was okay. Nighttime is fine. We'll all be okay. And it worked. Nine months into his pharmacotherapy program in which the right medications were used in combination with the right therapy, John says, Brian... I don't know whether to hug you or to kill you. I go, what are you talking about, John? He goes, because I can't get any sleep anymore. I said, I thought he was fine. He goes, he is. He's too fine. He said, now all he does is sleep on his bed, on his back, and he snores all night long. So now I can't get any sleep. He just snores, snores, snores. So, unfortunately, Watchful Walter got uh, sent to the laundry room, and that became his new bedroom so John could get some sleep. Uh, But there's no doubt that's what we're dealing with. It's called a generalized anxiety disorder. And I'm just shooting that out there because that is one of the major symptoms. So, guys, if your dog does this, know this. Depending upon the severity of that condition, they will be immune to any sort of conventional input you can say quiet all you want you can say stay all you want it will not work training alone is not going to work walter was the drowning man in the pool he did not care about the values of shakespeare's hamlet he needed to be pulled to the side and for those of you who go oh i would never medicate my dog okay well Think about that next time you have an aspirin or anything. So, again, and typically in pharmacotherapy, it's never lifelong. It's only used to facilitate the change six months to a year.
2: Well, and it's not just medication.
1: So. Yep. It it is. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of this week. Uh, we, if you have any questions, please send them in to us. Send them to Brian with the Y at TeamOtheWild.com. I hope we got through all those for you. We would love to answer your questions. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a safe week and use Visa MasterCard American Express when you need to purchase your CBD. No PayPal. (laughs) Amen. Have a great week, guys. Love having you here.
0: Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild and Your Dog. Next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.